This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Praise the Lord. Good evening to you, Dr. Hansen. How are you doing? Well, I'm good, Shannon. How are you doing? Hey, praise the Lord. I'm doing all right. And uh, always an honor to be here with you. Folks, welcome. We're here live tonight, May 21st, 2021, for another episode of World Ministries International Warning with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Dr. Hansen, the mic is yours. Well, thank you, sir. I want to welcome all of you again that are listening right now around the world. OmegaManRadio.com, Shannon Davis, uh, the Warning Radio, Television, Shortwave, uh, Media Programs. Uh, welcome. Tell you we're we're in very serious times. All of you know that. I believe people that are listening and watching, you're serious people, you're good people. You know that we are in troubling times. I was with one of the Republican leaders today in the state of Washington, and uh, I did a program discussing the situation in Washington State. And uh, not only Washington State, then the nation at large and how we're in a Marxist coup. The Republic is actually in danger of being toppled, and the only ones that can stop it are the church. So uh, I want you to understand we need to do our part, because if we don't, one day we are not going to be talking like we are tonight in freedom, because they're going to come against us. I'm talking about in the United States and around the world. They're trying to push us in a new world order. They're trying to take away your freedoms, your liberties, your rights. And uh, those they cannot manipulate, control, they're going to arrest. And those they cannot rehabilitate, in other words, change your mindset where you're no longer against their types of values, which is totally antichrist, they're going to kill. We talked about this on my program live. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, again, these are very serious times. I'm going to talk and start off today with federal law prohibits mandates of emergency use COVID vaccines, tests, and masks. I'm going to start with that. Then I'm going to move to World Updated, Connecticut publishes Moderna COVID vaccine ingredients. Deadly poison, SM-102, not for human or veterinary use. Then we're going to look a little bit about DC Talks 
Kevin Max says he's an ex-vangelico, ex-vangelico, deconstructing and progressing. Then we're going to move on to 43% of millennials don't know, don't care, and don't believe God exists. Finally, my message tonight is what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Think about that because we're going to get to that. What would Jesus do? Are you doing it? Do you think about that? When you choose your life choices, your lifestyle, uh, daily activities, rebuttals against people that talk to you, debates, arguments, or do you just keep your mouth shut? Jesus did not just keep his mouth shut. That's what got him in trouble. What would Jesus do? Federal law prohibits mandates of emergency use, COVID vaccines, tests, masks. Again, posted by Brandon Campbell, May 19, 2021. It says, under federal law, employers and universities cannot legally mandate COVID vaccines because they are unlicensed emergency use authorization products, which are by definition experimental. We must keep in mind and remember that word, experimental vaccines. Experimental. Under federal law, employers and universities cannot legally mandate COVID vaccines because they are unlicensed emergency use authorization products, which are, by definition, experimental. With more than 100 U.S. colleges mandating COVID vaccines for in-person attendance, and schools enforcing mask mandates, it's critical people understand their rights. The bottom line is this mandating products authorized for emergency use authorization status, EUA, violates federal law as detailed in the following legal notifications. All COVID vaccines, COVID PCR, and antigen tests and masks are merely EUA authorized, not approved or licensed by the federal government. Long-term safety efficiency has not been proven. If society collapses, you can bet that the foods the pioneers ate will become dietary staples. The Lost Ways prepares you to deal with worst-case scenarios with a minimum amount of resources. Just like our forefathers lived their lives totally independent from electricity, cars, or modern technology. EUA products are by definition experimental, which requires people be given the right to refuse them. Under the Nuremberg Code, the foundation of ethical medicine, no one may be coerced or participate in a medical experiment. Consent of the individual is absolutely essential. Earlier this year, Mary Holland, Children's Health Defense President and General Counsel, and Attorney Greg Kleiser stated that the federal law prohibits employers from mandating EUA COVID vaccines. Tests or masks. Holland and Glacier wrote, if a vaccine has been issued EUA by the FDA, 
is not fully licensed and must be voluntary. The private party, such as an employer, school, or hospital, cannot circumvent the EUA law, which prohibits mandates. Indeed, the EUA law preventing mandates is so explicit that there is only one precedent case regarding an attempt to mandate an EUA vaccine. What to do if your school or employer says you must get the vaccine? The Children's Health Defense legal team has written three legal notifications that anyone faced with a COVID vaccine, COVID test, or mask mandate can use to inform employers and universities they are violating federal law. All the notifications include this language, federal law, title 21 U.S.C. of the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act states the following products about products granted emergency authorization usage. Individuals to whom the product is administered are informed, one, that the secretary has authorized the emergency use of the product, two, of the significant known and potential benefits and risks of such use, and of the extent to which such benefits and risks are unknown, and three, of the option to accept or refuse administration of the product, of the consequences, if any, of refusing administration of the product, and of the alternatives to the product that are available of their benefit and risks. Any entity or organization that requires EUA COVID-19 vaccinations, COVID-19 tests, or masks are in violation of federal law and will likely face lawsuits if they don't allow exemptions or alternatives. Submitting the notices prepared by the Children's Health Defense is a first step prior to seeking an exemption or taking legal action. Vaccine exemption laws vary from state. Go to the National Vaccine Information Center to learn more about your state exception. It's critical to stand against mandates that preserve legally protected fundamental human rights on issues related to health freedom. Don't fall prey to coercion and pressure. Use the resources available to protect your legal rights. Now, I thought I need to go over that because, again, we need to resist tyranny, ladies and gentlemen. We cannot be coerced, forced, intimidated, threatened. We should not fall prey to fear-mongering. These are the tactics of communists and Marxists. These are the tactics of the New World Order. These are the tactics of Satan. Coercion, fear, intimidation. Another article says up Dated 12.30 p.m. EDT, Connecticut publishes, Moderna vaccine, COVID ingredients, deadly poison. SM-102, not for human or veterinary use. What ingredients are in the COVID-19 vaccine? CTGOV-2. C-O-V-I-D-V-A-C-C-I-N-E. The Connecticut Department of Public Health has published the ingredients list for the Moderna vaccine. That data sheet confirms it contains a chemical SM-102. The SM-102 
Material Safety Data Sheet describes this chemical as, quote, not for human or veterinary use, unquote. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I, I hope you're listening to that. Not for human or veterinary use. The chemical SM102. Yet, I'm looking at the ingredients in the Moderna vaccine. It says number of shots, two shots, 28 days apart. It says 94% effective, approved for use in people 18 of age years and older. And right in the ingredients I'm looking at is SM-102 that states, not for human or veterinary use. Wow. It says, according to the manufacturer, Cayman Chemical Company, in their filing with the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, this chemical causes acute toxicity, fatal in contact with skin. In the same OSHA filing, the manufacturer declares SM-102, quote, causes damage to the central nervous system, the kidneys, the liver, the respiratory system through prolonged or repeated exposure. <clears throat> now, ladies and gentlemen, again, I'm looking at this identification, safety data sheet, trade name SM-102. For research use only, not for human or veterinary use. It says it right here. Wow. Then why is it in the vaccine? It says two hazards. Identification. Acute toxic Highly flammable liquid vapor, H310, fatal in contact with skin, H351, suspected of causing cancer, H361, suspected of damaging fertility or unborn child, H372, causes damage to the central nervous system, the kidneys, the liver, respiratory system throughout prolonged or repeated usage. Very toxic to, again, aquilic life with long-lasting effects. Wow. This appears to be what, why they're injecting you into your arm when you take the Moderna COVID vaccine. You are apparently being poisoned. Perhaps this is why so many people are having adverse reactions to the so-called vaccine. Yet health departments all over the country are running TV and radio ads telling the general public that this vaccine is safe. That seems to be false advertising. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I could go on, but I hope you really caught what I just said. DC talks. Kevin Max says he's ex-vangelical. Deconstructing and progressing. Why are we talking about this? So many of young people, young adults, have been listening to this nonsense. Grammy-winning vocalist Kevin Max, a, number, a member of the popular Christian band DC Talk, who has released music in multiple genders, revealed over the weekend that he considers himself to be an ex-evangelical. 
says, hello, my name is Kevin Max, and I'm an ex-evangelical, he tweeted, Saturday sparking a large response from many of his Christian followers. Some praised the musicians' post, claiming they were also ex-evangelicals, a term that has been used commonly in recent years to describe individuals who no longer identify as evangelicals. Others on social media stated they had never heard the term, which has been associated with progressive Christians who have left evangelical Christianity due to theological or political reasons in recent years. No wonder political reasons when public schools and universities have been brainwashed by their teachers and professors. A large amount are Marxist, communist, and many Islamics. In response to social media user, user who said Max no longer believed in Jesus, the quote, Jesus freak, unquote, singer quipped, nope, didn't say that. Read text carefully. In another post, post, Max clarified that he still follows the universal Christ. You know, whatever the universal Christ is, ladies and gentlemen, I think it's supposed to be Christ made in your image, man's image. You know, that's the Tower of Babel. Quote, I have no idea how many people, blogs or podcasts, are using that announcement for a further division, but I'm here for the grace, unquote, he assured. The musician added further detail on his Twitter thread. Quote, for all people using my post as a plug and play for your own hot take on personal discourse, I offer the lyrics to an upcoming song of my new brand, Astronauts. Sad album, Adult Fears, titled It's Okay. I'm sorry for being obtuse or difficult, but it's a progress. Love. The lyrics of the song reads, quote, It's okay to be estranged from everything that you were taught. And it's okay to unpack all the hopeless baggage that you bought. I know the sun, it never shines in the same place twice. I know that life is better with a trusted vice, but you will change when you cave to the universal Christ. And it's okay for you to lose the shame from all the church's abuse, and it's okay for them to see you don't believe in man's inherency. I know the sun, it never shines in the place you hide. I know you think it's better shrouded in secrets and lies, but you'll change when you embrace the glowing universal Christ. This year marked the first time since the Gallup organization started tracking data that fewer than 50% of Americans belong to a church or religious organization. Breakpoint reported that some of the people leaving the church are joining a growing democratic known as the nuns, N-O-N-E-S. Religious nuns consist of people who reject all religious affiliation. And some of these people are known as ex-evangelicals. Says the overall movement is deconstruction, meaning deconstructing one's faith and leaving the church. Many who are deconstructing have spoken out about their experiences getting hurt by people inside the church. Others have cited their rejection of biblical teaching on sexuality as they believe they, they are disassociating. Max has been living as a vocalist in bands that promote the me Christian message 
such as DC Talk alongside bandmates Toby Mack and Michael Tate. He also sang for the audio Adrenaline. Max has been speaking out for some time about his resistance to a particular version of Christianity. In an interview in December with Decent Christian Talk podcast, Max explained why he is on his journey in deconstructing. Quote, I'd like to call it deconstruction, reconstruction, unquote, he said. Quote, any person that's really changing every day, which we do, you're going to deconstruct or you're going to reconstruct. So it's a combination of both of these things, unquote, he said. Quote, I've been deconstructing for decades. I've always been progressing, as you can say, and then sometimes I regress. But I think where I'm at right now is I've really gone on a journey to find out what I truly believe in reading a lot, thinking a lot, keeping my eyes and ears open, unquote. The musician has always been vocal about his thoughts online, while his comments online has been met with resistance. Max said he always has been a believer. Quote, but I'm questioning a lot of things and I've got more questions than answers, unquote, he said. His beliefs are also reflected in his music. Max's album, Radio Techna, has been a song titled, Jesus, I Love You, But Your Followers Freak Me Out. In a song, he writes, quote, What do you think when you hear people say your name? What do you think when they twist your words and bend them out of shape? What do you think when they pick at all the gays? What do you think of the modern church and all their different ways? Unquote. As a member of DC Talk to write a song, Jesus, I Love You, But Your Followers Freak Me Out, this was a great because I meant it, he said on the podcast. Max offered advice to others who are in the progress of deconstructing. Quote, when you give into fear, oh my gosh, I'm asking questions, or oh man, I don't know if I believe this anymore. You're giving in to the same fear that you know kept us from progressing people for so long, he maintained. The total totalitarian fear that can constant, in my opinion, in a lot of evangelical churches have been made people regress over time. I feel like anybody out there is going through it. They should just embrace it, he added. If they're a believer, they should have these deep conversations with God they believe in and really struggle with it. Talk to him about it. Quote, I believe in a God of the universe. And I believe he can hear me. That in itself is just plain kind of crazy. But if I believe that, then I truly believe he cares about my progression and asking questions and wanting to know what is real, what is not, he ended. I don't think the God that I believe in is going to just all of a sudden ignore me because I don't believe every single thing that's written down somewhere. This agnostic, Kevin Max, doesn't believe in the Word of God. He doesn't believe in absolute truth. Basically, he's a spiritual evolutionist, flowing with every type of philosophy, spiritual progression, or let's say spiritual 
abominations, sins called abominations, sins of abomination. In other words, alternate lifestyles. He's progressing. He's ignoring absolute truth. He's moving with syncretism or the ways of society, how they change in culture. Cultural changes he's flowing with. Now the culture says it's okay to be a homosexual, a lesbian, a bisexual, a transgender, an abortionist. It's okay. He's progressing not to offend. All you have to say, like the devil, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. Because that's what the devil says. But again, we've talked about it. That word believe is it here. Rely, trust, and obey. The devil doesn't serve Jesus. He rebels against absolute truth. We are in serious trouble because our youth and young adults and even some middle-aged adults are listening to these type of Christian entertainers. Christian entertainers that many have found even get drunk, smoke pot, shoot up, fornication, adultery. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in a fallen world that is getting deeper, deeper, deeper to the point of no return where judgment is the only alternative. 43% of millennials don't know, don't care, and don't believe God exists. The Christian Post. 43% of millennials don't care, don't know, don't believe God exists. Wow! Just 26% of X and 16% of millennials believe that when they die, they will go to heaven. Only because they confessed their sins and accepted Christ as Savior compared to nearly half the generation before them, a study has found. Now, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, millennials are born between 1984 and 2002. Okay, that's what we're identifying as millennials. Generation X, 1965 through 1983. Baby boomers, 1946 through 1964. And builders, 1927 through 1945. Researchers found that among recent generations, millennials have gone further in cutting ties with traditional Christian views and biblical teaching. Millennials. Again, the people that, between 1984 through 2002. For example, nearly half of all boomers believe when they die they will go to heaven only because they confessed their sins and accepted Christ as Savior compared to only 26% of Generation X, that's between 1965 and 1983, and 16% of millennials between 1984 and 2002. A staggering 90% of builders believe you treat others as you want them to treat you, while less than half of millennials agree. Additionally, 43% of millennials stated they either don't care, don't know, and don't believe God exists. 43% of millennials, compared to 28% of boomers, that's Born between 1946 and 
44% of millennials believe Satan is real and influential compared to 64% of boomers. The study also found out that overall, a younger Americans are significantly more likely than the two previous generations to embrace horoscopes as a guide, karma as a life principle, to sing getting even with others as defensible, to accept evolution over creation, and to believe owning property as fostering economic injustice. Do you hear that? Overall, younger Americans are significantly more likely than the previous two generations to embrace in horoscopes, witchcraft, as a guide, karma as a life principle, to getting even with others as a defense, to accept evolution over creation, and to view owning property as fostering economic injustice. Wow! On spiritual matters, Americans younger than 55 are far more likely to distrust the Bible and believe God is uninvolved in people's lives. My, my, my. Interesting. A majority of Americans call themselves Christian, ranging from 57% of millennials to 83% of builders. Says researchers warns that the beliefs and behaviors of younger Americans, especially millennials, threaten to shape the nation's religious parameters beyond recognition. In fact, this radical spiritual revolution has created a generation seeking a reimagined world without God, the Bible, or churches they wrote. Commenting on the study, George Barna, CRC, Director of Research, said that Generation X in the Millennials have a solidified dramatic changes in the nation's central beliefs and lifestyles, adding, the result is a culture in which core institutions, including churches and basic ways of life, are continually being radically redefined. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is really sad. You can see why our elections are going more and more toward Marxism, communism, Islam, and not toward Judeo-Christian values. Why? Even though many profess, yet they don't believe in the Jesus you and I do. They don't believe in absolute truth. They believe in some universal Christ. Universal. Christ. Wow. We are in trouble. Do you enjoy the Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen radio program? Please take a minute to pray if the Lord would have you help us with the substantial financial burden of this program. We receive no grants or funding from any organization or government agency and have no other means of support than the gracious and generous giving of our listeners. World Ministries bears the entire burden. 
In about 30 seconds, you can donate at worldministries.org. That's worldministries.org. Thank you for your gifts, generosity, and graciousness. What would Jesus do? In a world overcome by the wages of sin, leading to destruction and death, what would Jesus do? What did Jesus do in his time in Israel when the Romans ruled ruthlessly and the scribes and Pharisees were so very hypocritical and corrupt? Jesus spoke the truth, even though the truth got him into trouble, got him hated, verbally criticized, physically beaten, arrested, framed, and killed. Jesus could have compromised. He could have had decided to avoid trouble and danger. He could have just minded his own business and kept his mouth shut. But Jesus was determined to do the will of his Father. My message again is, what would Jesus do? The text is John 17, 4. That's John 17, 4. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest to me. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have glorified thee. Wow. Jesus is talking to God the Father. I have finished the work you gave me to do. What would Jesus do? What would you do? Do you glorify Jesus on the earth? Do you stand up for his absolute truth? Have you finished what he's asked you to do at this part in your life? Will you be able to say when you die, I have finished the work which you gave me to do? I have noticed people wearing bracelets or displaying bumper stickers. For a long time, especially earlier in my life, inscribed with the letters WWJD. What would Jesus do? Although I don't wear bracelets or put stickers on my car, those letters do express how I want to live my life. I simply want to do what Jesus would do in any given situation. So my answer to the question, WWJD, is simple. Jesus would do the will of God. In fact, that's what he did. Again, John 17, 4. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Point number one, Jesus would do the will of God, do you? I sometimes wonder if people who wear WWJD actually live with that in mind. For instance, what would Jesus do if someone pulled into your lane and ran you off the road? Or what would Jesus do if someone broke into a long line 
at the supermarket. Wearing a bracelet does not mean you are submitting to the government of God. If someone is not living in submission to the will of God, wearing WWJD only makes him look or her look like a religious hypocrite. Bumper stickers and religious graffiti provide no proof that you live under the reign of God. Doing the will of God is what marks you as a Christian. Doing the will of God, not coming up with your own progressive will. Set of norms like the backslidden Kevin Max is saying. He's on a journey. He's evolutionary in his mentality and spiritual life. He is changing, changing, changing. He's becoming woke. I think he's been sick for a long time. Again, doing the will of God is what marks you as a Christian. Recognizing his rule over your life and learning to live under his government is what demonstrates the reality of your Christianity. When you do that, you find yourself experiencing peace. You find peace, safety, security, and prosperity. It comes first on the inside, and it grows. Your whole life becomes a life of peace. So rather than simply asking yourself, what would Jesus do? Ask instead, what did Jesus do? Everything I want to become, Jesus lived out in his daily life. Just think about how he must have lived. He had no fear of sickness, even in a time when those around feared all manner of sickness. He wasn't moved by public opinion and showed no concern for his own safety. He could care less about Black Lives Matter or Antifa. He could care less about the woke culture. He could care less. Point number two, Jesus healed the sick. Do you? Without flinching, he laid his hands on lepers and healed them. Matthew 8, 2. It reads, and behold, there came a leopard and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Wow. This leper had faith. That means he put his confidence in this man called Jesus. Jesus had faith. He put his confidence in God the Father. When you have faith, from the one laying hands on sick and faith from the one having the hands laid on them, I'll tell you what, dynamite can happen. Miracles can happen. Healings can happen. Again, Matthew 8, 2, And behold, there came a leopard and worshipped him, a leper, saying, Lord, if you will, thou canst make me clean. When men took up stones to kill him, he passed through their midst unharmed. John 8, 59. Then took they up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself, went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. There's a lot of depth in this if we want to 
do what I call in one of my television programs, Unraveling the Scriptures. Then they took up stones to cast at him. I don't see Jesus running away. I don't see him having a nervous breakdown. I don't see him running. I don't see him compromising. He went out of the temple going through the midst of them, so passed by. He just walked away. You see, when there was trouble, Jesus seemed to go to the trouble. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? When they wanted to throw him off a cliff, he again passed through the crowd unharmed. Mark 4.29. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he put it forth in the sickle because the harvest is come. Jesus would walk through the problem. He would walk through trouble. He wasn't afraid. He knew again that those all around him were ready to be harvested. Then because of his love for mankind, he surrendered his life, suffered the most severe beatings one can imagine, was stripped naked, nailed to a cross, where he died. Also that you and I could have peace. No one could lay a hand on him until he chose to let them. Even then, they could not secure him in a sealed grave. He rose from the dead, demonstrating the power of his rule and his victory over sin and death. We need to note a couple things. His love for mankind because of his love. Because of his love. What would Jesus do? Do you have the love of Jesus? Do you have that type of love? He surrendered his life. Do you give your life up for mankind? Suffered the most severe beatings. One can imagine. Are you willing to suffer for Jesus Christ? Or again, as we use an example, somebody crowds in front of you, you're, you're ready to cuss them out. Call them names. Hit him. I can't imagine Jesus doing that. If he was willing to suffer the most severe beatings that you could imagine, I don't think he would blow his cool because somebody cut in line. Was stripped naked and nailed to a cross when he died. Are you willing to be humiliated? Or my goodness, if somebody looks at you wrong, are you wanting to punch them? Oh, they teased me. So you get in a fight. All that Jesus did, where he died, also that you and I could have peace. No one could lay a hand on him until he chose to let them. Even then, he could not secure him in a sealed grave. They could not secure him in a sealed grave. Again, Jesus laid down his life, gave his life. They couldn't take it. And when he gave his life, they couldn't keep him in the grave. Says he rose from the dead, demonstrating the power of his rule 
and his victory over sin, death, and hell. Now, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus healed the sick, do you? Jesus was willing to suffer, are you? Jesus had power over those that wanted to kill him. Do you? We're supposed to move with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to move with power and authority as Christ did. We're supposed to be willing as Christ did to suffer unimaginably. And if necessary, to die for the cause of Christ, for the salvation, deliverance of mankind, of our brothers. Jesus rose from the dead. Will you rise from the dead one day? If you died before the resurrection, do you know Jesus? Have you lived your life in a way that he will say, well done, enter in, thy good and faithful servant? Or are you not sure you're even going to make it? Jesus was not afraid of lack. Some people have a nervous breakdown each and every day. There's something that causes them to have panic attacks, anxiety attacks, fears, intimidations, staying awake all night, insomnia. I know it's a popular theology to assume Jesus was just poor. And he was poor compared to heaven. But the facts are, again, he traveled with a band of disciples. And they traveled practically everywhere with him. The 12 left their businesses and jobs and laid aside everything to follow him. At least 70 people were in his group. Luke 10.1, let's read it. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also, sent them two by two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. I travel on missions teams. I lead mission teams. None of us, none of us are wealthy, millionaires, Yet, compared to places we go, we're very rich. We're able to travel. God has taken care of us. God will take care of you. They still had enough financial strength to accomplish the ministry. Such things are simply not within the economic ability of those that live in slums. Many that live on welfare could not travel, minister, especially with a band of people, a team of people. So we need to have a, a fair comprehension. Jesus was very poor compared to what he left in heaven. Yet, God supplied his needs. That's a sign of prosperity. Success. God will supply our needs. Jesus did not look to be considered a millionaire or one of the aristocrats, the wealthy, the nobles. That wasn't his desire. The prince of Judah. That wasn't his goal. Three, 
Jesus lived the perfect example. Do you? 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that through his poverty might be rich. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that through his poverty might be rich. What is it talking about? Let's think about it a minute. Yielding equal authority with a father, taking on human flesh as an infant, living the greater part of his life as a carpenter, are a bit hard to compare with the riches and glory of his deity. So again, for your sake, for my sake, after leaving heaven and all of the glory and splendor, deity of heaven coming down and living in human flesh, yielding the authority with the Father of heaven and living on earth the greater part of his life as a carpenter. I would say he became poor so we might be rich. When compared to the glory he knew from the foundation of the world, his earthly life was indeed poor by comparison. Not only that, he yielded his glory to the shame and degradation of the cross. He yielded his glory to the shame and degradation of the cross. Are you willing to yield? Are you willing to be shamed? Are you willing to yield your rights? Are you degraded, mocked, abused? Are you willing to flow with the street people, work in a soup kitchen, go into the slums? He yielded his glory to the shame and degradation of the cross. Are you willing to be stripped naked? Not only to work in soup kitchens, go into the slums, but to die in public humiliation as a thief like Jesus did? What would Jesus do? Are you willing to do what he did? Because he did this. Jesus' earthly life is the perfect example of a man living in the will of God under the authority of God and under the authority of God's government. Jesus said, I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me, John 6, 38. John 6, 38. Now, ladies and gentlemen, think about that. I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but my own will, but he will of him who sent me. The will of him who sent me. Ladies and gentlemen, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. 
This is the perfect example of a man living in the will of God under the authority of God's government. This is the example. The will of God. The authority of God. To yield our pride. To be willing to suffer shame. The degradation of the cross. Are you willing to die in other poverty overseas in a cell? You said, what would Jesus do? Are you willing to do it? For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The perfectly sinless man was made to be sin for us, stripped of all his glory. He took on our poverty and made us rich, rich in grace, rich in peace, rich in prosperity. Making him out to be a pauper is a far cry from the reality he lived. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. Righteousness is doing the will of God. Selfishness is doing the will of man. He took on our sin so we wouldn't be judged. Are you willing to forgive rather than condemn? Are you willing to forgive rather than judge somebody else? Jesus took on our sin and our judgment. Are you? What would Jesus do? Are you willing that we might be made righteous, that you through your love and forgiveness, can lead a sinner to the cross. That you, through your forgiveness and righteousness and love, giving up your rights, can lead somebody else to God. He was obedient even unto death on the cross. Philippians 2.8 John 6.38 reads, then he said, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of God who sent me. Wow. John 12, 6 says, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bore what was put therein. Ladies and gentlemen, what is your mentality? Are you like a Judas? You don't care for the poor? but you're a thief? Or are you like Jesus who gave his life and was willing to forgive, willing to come down from heaven, not to do his own will, but the will of him that sent him, God? Again, John 6, 38. Obedient unto the death of the cross, Philippians 2, 8. Conclusion, the only way to restore the nations back to freedom of tyranny, suffering, and persecution is for Christian leaders to lead the church by example. Doing the, willing of, the will of God, healing the sick, thus being the perfect example of a man living in the will of God under the authority of God's government. The only way, again I say, to restore the nations back to the 
from the freedom of tyranny. If you want to restore the nations back to freedom of tyranny, suffering and persecution, is for Christian leaders to lead the church by example, doing the will of God, healing the sick. In other words, being the perfect example of a man living in the will of God and under the authority of God's government. My phone number is 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. You can get my articles, newsletters. I write twice a month. Send your request to warning at worldministries.org. Warning at worldministries.org. My website, www.worldministries.org. That's www.worldministries.org. If you want to write me a letter, send it to WMI, WMI, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. WMI, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. May God richly bless you. Shannon? Always an honor to be here with you, Dr. Hanson. Powerful teaching tonight. Encourage people to share this with a friend and get over to World Ministries and support the work. We'll see you next time, my friend. God bless you, Dr. Hanson. God bless you, Shannon. Have a good week. Same to you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.